Well, welcome to the 20th episode of Anarchy Bang Radio. Um, there is not going to be intro music today because we are not in studio. We're actually out and about in the world. And um, episode 20, for those of you who have not seen the introduction, is subtitled, Dad is Very Disappointed in You. As you age, you begin to see the humor in starting sentences like, as you age. You recognize that many, if not most, of the people who can learn from you have zero interest in doing so. You try not to speak in generalities and then watch as they fall out of your mouth. I love to be around people that I used to be. I also love the choices I've made up till now to continue being near them. What is strange is that for all the cynicism and been there, done that, I have no idea what is next. I don't know what dad had in store for me or has in store for me. I know that my hands hurt enough that I have to consider whether I'm going to participate in a game or a chore that uses them. I don't complain because I know what that sounds like, but I'm tempted to. I'm tempted to do a variety of things I've seen people I may become do. You know people, you know old people stuff like give advice, mention ailments and litany like there's some sort of competition, move slow, act like I can't learn new things, and maybe even be wise out loud, but I don't exactly accept the arrangement. I'm not ready to stop shaking things up or to turn things over to the next generation. I have no laurels to rest on. I have no retirement plan to speak of. That is what they did. And my question, as an anarchist, is how to do aging better than my parents' generation has done. How to not leave the earth an ashen crater. How to leave the people in my life improved for having met me. How to thrive in a company of interesting, vivacious enemies of the state. This means, yet again, challenging what it means to be part of a political subculture. Political means we always consider the social economic and political climate we're in. Subculture means recognizing that there are a hundred groups just like ours with different but similar obsessions about historical moments, mythologies, and other living people who make up who make strange choices that don't look like the American dream. Are we more like the RCP or the ICP? Are we part of a great history or do we mostly make shit up as we go along and hope that people don't notice the difference. Are we writing our own history to hide the difference? Or because no one would tell our great stories better than we can? This week we discuss aging out of and into the anarchist space. We've always known that anarchism in the late 20th and early, early 21st century has more in common with subcultures like punk than political organs like the Communist Party. That means that there's a natural 10-year arc and then you're done. The old punk option is available for a few, like tattooers, artists, or maybe someone with a record label, but mostly it's 10 and done. What does that look like in anarchy land? What do we know? Uh, when do we know we're too old? When does it look like when you don't get the message that the kids don't want you around anymore? So this is a call-in show. Our telephone number is 646-787-8464. You can also email us at team at anarchybang.com. And, of course, um, the IRC is active, and there will probably be quite a few people chatting with each other in the IRC, and that's at irc.anarchyplanet, sorry, uh, anarchybang.com. So, um, yeah, so here we go. What's on your mind? Um and I'm, I'm here today, by the way, with Ariel. Hello. Hi, Ariel. Hi, Aragorn. So what are your initial thoughts on the uh, editorial? Um, I am going to feel pressed to – I think it's going to take me a little while to make this an interesting conversation because my initial response is that, um, you know, society as a whole, as a whole does not value – us once we've passed our uh, contributable working age and well let's not lie to ourselves here 
once we move past our sexual uh, interesting period. Um, well, yeah, there's some truth to that. Um, society still has some use for you. Some use for you if you can can participate in the in the great capitalist cause. Um, but no, that's true. Uh, and I I don't think that anarchy is any different. And because anarchy is a subculture, and those subcultures are primarily youth focused, I think it's Um, I believe it was called the Red Star Retirement Home, mm-hmm. which I thought was an absolutely fantastic idea. Um, and they couldn't ever make any traction because mostly nobody cared. Actually, I'm not sure if it, I would know if they did make traction. You would know if they didn't or did? I, I, I don't know if they did. Oh, okay. Well, I have never heard about it. And um, yeah, I had been interested to help. However, help might be needed, um, and I never heard from anybody about it, so I just assumed. But I could be wrong. Maybe somebody knows about the Red Star Retirement Home, and they can let us know about it. Um, I'm, I have recently been spending time with a very dear friend of mine who is 86, um, and uh, listening to her talk about her experiences of being ignored, being treated like she's stupid, um, it being presumed that she doesn't know how to do anything and that she doesn't know anything and, um, uh, and her feeling frustrated that the world generally sees her as useless. And so all of that in my head as we have this conversation. Sorry, I'm having to do some logistics because of, um, I see that. Yeah. Just double check. Everything's working correctly. So, I mean, you know, maybe I'll start by playing devil's advocate. Um, You know, maybe the point of a subculture is for um, it to be a a little niche where the status quo is pushed back at. And maybe you just naturally age out of having the ability to bring that to part to participate to yeah i think that when i first started participating in subculture i thought that everyone in the world was part of the subculture and that and that you know basically ours would populate because you know whatever there's only 100 subcultures 200 subcultures and everyone had to choose one therefore <laughs> <laughs> so i think i'm a little surprised that so few people are here Huh. I know. Maybe that seems a little silly, but it's a it's actually a really, really nice idea. Um I think I grew up around too many normal people who mm. were happy with their lives exactly as they were, or at least content to attempt to achieve happiness along the already yeah. predetermined path. Um and I was always weird. And always thought too much and asked too many questions and read strange things and, and, you know, told by most people all the time. I mean, even teachers um, who I would have thought would have been the people who would have been the most to be interested in thinking different. Um, But I guess my proof is more, I mean, like, well, well, obviously there was a thought that I had as, as a child, but as an adult, I feel the same way, meaning that, I run into so many people who are so desperately alone and who may or may not be normal, whatever that means, Uh but that those people basically are in a great deal of suffering because they don't have anyone to share it with because they don't have a meaningful sort of dialogue with people. I mean, I think only a small percentage of people feel satisfied socially with just their family. I feel like a lot of people might feel all the obligations that they feel because of their family, but that by and large, yeah, that 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 
in lieu of a subculture, I just my experience, at least the past five years or so, has been that people are very, very lonely and sad. I think that that's true, but I also think that we now live in a world where it's a lot easier to fill the emptiness and the loneliness. It may not be. I don't think so. I think that you can fill the hours in the day, but I'm, I'm not sure it fills the loneliness. Well, you can fill the hours in the day. You can you can make attempts at you can make stabs at filling mm. filling the emptiness, filling the loneliness, whether or not it's actually fulfilling whether or not it's actually of any substance. I bring this up because I very recently met someone who was very excited. Her weekend plans where she was going, she was going to a hotel for a small conference of people who were going to spend the weekend scrapbooking. Right. Um, this was a group of people she found through Facebook. Yeah. And this, it seemed to be, have a great deal of meaning to her. Uh, I could not possibly imagine something that could matter less or be less interesting. Um, but this well, was... Well, but sharing 48 hours with people who share your... But family. that... Exactly. And she even said that she ended up with this group of people because they actually got together and met in person. Right. And that was what she was looking for. So don't forget that this is a call-in show. 646-787-8464. You can also email us at team at anarchybang.com or join us in our IRC chat room at irc.anarchyplanet.org. How are you doing there? You are elder hard. What's that? I said you are elder hard. Well, it's actually, you know... Um, that's yeah. all right. We're going to get it together here. Just Other things. Bear with it. <laughs> so if we accept the premise that, and you and I have had this, some of these conversations before, right? If history doesn't matter, um, and if we accept the premise that uh, subcultures are for the young, um, then what is our, but if we are stubborn and insist on standing where we stand and doing what we do, then do we have an obligation to the subculture? Well, I guess I do. I mean, of course I do. What is it? No, I have an obligation. I'm not sure I have an obligation to name it. Okay. But I okay. guess what are the options? Like I have an obligation in the sense that, you know, it's where my social life has been for the past 30 years of my life mm -hmm. and so uh, I mean I do not necessarily have an obligation to be here for year 32 sure but um, but you know to the extent to which I'm here now and you know want to be in dialogue sure as the focus of the subculture shifts and morphs, do we have a responsibility to recalibrate our focus to keep in step well that's a complicated question because, of course, the nature of a changing counterculture is that it does not know that it's changing necessarily. Um, so, you know, obviously, to change in a direction assumes that you know the direction. And oftentimes, to know that, you would have to be paying attention in a way that's sort of different than what looks to pay attention in an IRC room or what it looks sure. like to pay attention if you just look at web pages. Sure. Um, you know, I'll, yeah. See, the problem is I try to be thoughtful and then we have dead air. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it's actually one of the huge challenges of like how to be thoughtful while your mouth actually is still working. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a real problem. It is not something that I have figured out. Yeah. Um, Hence, filler words so that my brain can work <laughs> while my mouth is moving, and I'm not very good at that. Um, I guess I feel like the one thing that I have that really is relevant for me is the time brings perspective. And so I... I don't feel like I want the subculture. 
to do what it's going to do, obviously. Um, and I'm also okay with it going in a direction that leaves me behind. Um, but I feel like with age, you actually are better equipped to watch it change and know it's changing. I think it's harder to know when you're in the middle of it. Sure. Um, you know. Or when you're new to it. Yeah. You know, we, we certainly didn't really know those all those decades ago that things were changing. We look back now and it seems really clear where those demarcations were and, and how things um, morphed over the years. But we, we certainly didn't know at the time. Um, and I guess I am happy that I have focus. Uh, and I guess part of it is, is what I was asking with the question of responsibility is, mm-hmm. is every time the core of the subculture, the masses, um, which are either the youth or the new, almost always, um, do we have to respond every time they call? And I don't feel the need to do that. Sure. Um, and I feel like doing that would actually be a terrible distraction from actually getting done any of the things that I would like to get done. Well, this is somewhat about being the host of a party to the extent to which anarchism or, or post-left anarchism is something that's ours. We are the host of the party. Okay. And, you know, it used to be that Anarchy Magazine was the host of the party, and we sort of all waited around with bated breath for the next issue of the magazine to come out. And when it did, we, we felt invited. We, we, you know, crossed the threshold. We allowed it to determine the next couple of months of our discussions. But then the Internet came along, and different things became the host of the sure. party. Um, and so one of the questions that we have for, I think, for ourselves right now is who's the host of the party? Are we the host of the party? And if we're not, are the, uh, the new hosts doing a shitty job of being a host? <laughs> I actually want to, I'm going to discuss a little bit because the IRC is relatively slow. So I can, I can actually follow it while we're talking. Uh-huh. Um, there's a troll right now on, on IRC that's basically asking the question of um, uh, aging is one thing. Being unable or unwilling to play well with others, that's a whole other thing. Aging isn't really the issue, is it? What do you think they're trying to get at with that? If I were to be crass, if I were to be mean, it'd be, I would say that they are being bratty, that people aren't um, doing things in the manner that they think things should be done. They're not mm-hmm. playing by their rules. Right. They're here now. It's their show. You're going to do it the way that we want to be done. And if you don't, then you're not playing well with others. You're just being old fuddy. Yeah. Um, because um, I don't know. We're the youth, we're the center, we're the young, we're the new, we're in charge. I don't know. Uh, if I were to be generous, I would say um, they have a pre-decided understanding of um, what they thought, what, what they would expect when they came into the subculture and it's disappointed and they're going to blame someone for that. And maybe it disappointed in exactly along those lines. Mm. Um, or maybe it disappointed in another way. And this is a convenient redirect, reflect, deflection. That's what I want. Um, but mostly my response is to not do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Um, right, yeah, to ignore it. Because you aren't saying anything. Yeah. You are 
I think you're you're acting profound without being profound. Right. You're um, emoting and uh, accusing, but it's kind of actually not even an accusation. Sure. Um, with nothing else, and um, I have to fill make too many assumptions and fill in too yeah. fill in too yeah. many blanks. For sure. To engage with that. No, and if I've learned why anything, why would I do that? If I've learned anything in the past week, it's that. You know, sort of like whether you say anything or don't say anything, mm-hmm. the person who makes a comment like that is going to fill in all the gaps and, and laugh at you and say that you're wrong. Right. Which, which in fact, means that you're better off not saying anything at all because... That is almost always the case. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely been a disappointment over the past week and I guess speaks somewhat to maybe the ways in which anarchism has stopped being so subcultural. You know, the past five years, if, if a tycoon intervention has taught us anything, it's that uh, many people want to escape subculture. You know, they want to wear sweater vests and be okay with that. And um, uh, and that that sort of plays out on the level of like, what does it look like to do this in a way that, that basically a lot of people just want to be regular folk or, or some version of that. Uh, don't forget, uh, we are accept phone calls. Six four six seven eight seven eight four six four. If we don't get any response from any people, we're gonna cut this short at an hour. Um, but I'm happy talking with Ariel on microphone for an hour because we're good friends. What's that? Is it Mother's Day? Is that today? I'll be interesting conversations to have, or anything else that any of you. Would like to talk about. Good job of covering. I am still here. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm back. <laughs> that is absolutely what they call filler, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Yes? Where are we going? Yeah, we're back. Okay, let's see. Uh, all right. Now I have to check all the windows. And... Okay. Very good. And uh, all of the windows say that the audio cut out, which is <laughs> very useful information. It's nice to have <laughs> your experience affirmed by technology. Well, it's interesting that the uh, the connection via IP dropped and the connection via phone, which is what you're using, did not. So Right. Woo. Um, okay. Oh, it looks like we have a phone call. Let's see. Hello, this is Anarchy Bang. I'm Aragorn. Who are we talking to? Hi, Aragorn. This is Lily. Hello, Lily. How are you? I'm okay. I don't Hi, think Lily. I'm not going to ask this thing. Hi. <laughs> I'm not going to ask if you're okay because you don't sound okay. Okay, fair enough. So what's on your mind? Uh, uh, I'm thinking about this book, Fair Things Between Anarchists, and there, what I've been seeing not only here in the U.S., but in Brazil, where I'm from, is there is a dispute in the anarchist uh, environment, which is really odd and, for me, unaccept- unaccept- unacceptable, because this is part of a liberal mindset, like disputes between who has who is the real anarchist, who owns the real anarchist, doesn't make sense in the anarchist uh, environment. And I I could I could quote like Malatesta, but maybe he would be considered too old to quote him. <laughs> But he would say that how important it is to have anarchists in the from very different perspectives and in very different environments. And I don't agree with Malatesta in everything that he said, but this is really important. Like he would address that it's important to have anarchists in the university, anarchists as shoemakers, or anarchists uh, that print books, or in any kind of environment, because this would make anarchist brother and what i uh, what i see happening in anarchist book fairs in brazil or in the us is that it's becoming more sectarian and 
if anarchism is something, it's very hard to define anarchism, but it's not definitely sectarian, and it's becoming sectarian. And I also want to address that how also unacceptable it is to steal books from anarchists. Like, go steal books from big companies. That's what anarchists do. You don't steal books from anarchist uh, press. Like, you, it's, like, it's absurd. If you don't agree, like, do a table, talk about it. Discuss what you why you don't agree and discuss with the people why they in case of Atasa why do you print it so what's the context don't I don't know it's uh, my question would be are anarchists becoming liberals like is liberalism so huge that it's taking uh, anarchist mindset and are they becoming just liberals instead of anarchists so. I don't want to talk too much about the um, the drama from last week. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I sort of want to keep the conversation on aging, not because I think that aging is the better conversation, but because I think that uh, I don't necessarily want to talk about me in the in some sort of strange third person uh, way. But I will read to you something from a comment that someone made today that I do think is uh, uh, interesting. And and so here we go. Following your blustering, lackluster response as you clutch at straws and false info has been a good time, as if seeing your beet-red, coughing face and reading you lie about it wasn't rewarding enough. Call it moralizing, but queers have had quite enough of groups advocating for our murder, like ITS, and deciding very spontaneously to prank the biggest platformer of their material. So if you believe this comment, and if you believe that, you know, that the, that the author of this comment is also the person that stole the Atasas, then, um, then they would definitely not describe themselves as liberal because they think that what they're doing is the higher purpose. Like, you know, in their own language, they perhaps are moralizing but they're moralizing from the position of being correct and of fighting against the bad and for the good, i.e. against ITS and for queers. So I think that that might be a, a, a more fair place to begin this conversation, which is, which would be more or less to like, like if it's worth it, is it worth it for us to defi- define terms, liberal, queer, morally, you know, moralism and, um, uh, and so I think that this moment is a moment where I think in my language, I would say uh, their attack was very partisan, but it also was very, to, to put it gently, childlike. So mm-hmm. it, it perhaps had its eyes wide open to the world of adulthood and, it, and, and, and called itself opposed to that world. Uh yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Too many words. Uh, no, uh, yeah, but it, I remember now. Yeah, this. So uh, if they have the truth, that's also what I mentioned. So it would. Uh, how different are they from example the, as the Crusaders that would come to other countries in name of the Catholic religion and kill a bunch of people yes. because they had the truth. So this is not part of the, the anarchist. Again, like anarchism is too broad, and I, that's one of the things that I like about anarchists for you to define, but you definitely can say what anarchism is not, and it's not the ones who hold the truth. And you cannot justify anything you do because you have you want the truth. Well, I mean, obviously they do define the truth. They do do these things that you're that you're talking about. Um, the I guess the question for us is sort of like, to what extent do we want to participate in that, or do we want to be like, how friendly should we be? Mm-hmm. And I, I and I don't know, you know. It, uh, yeah, you know. As you can imagine, this week is is a hard week for me. And um, 
and I think maybe for other people too. Okay, so I'll I'll address two experiences I had. Uh, one in in Brazil and the other one in the U.S. So one of my first experience in the anarchist milieu in in Brazil was when I was a teenager. I was a punk, and I suddenly find out about a place that was called Center of Social Culture, and it was an anarchist place that was around since the beginning of the 90s. And there, I was, I, by the time, I thought that the only anarchists remaining were the punks. And in that place, I found people uh, that had even went to the Spanish uh, Revolution, that had uh, people from university, other punks, and I could, and that was amazing for me because I could see all these different people from different places, and they would talk and listen to each other. And I remember how amazed I was in in terms of aging. Like, oh, there is still like you're old and you can still be an anarchist. Like there was these people, in their 80s, sometimes 90s. And they were they 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 were anarchists and they were still fighting, uh, and they were and they were not close-minded. They were not there to preach on people. They were there also to listen, but they also had a lot of things to say that I could never could never imagine. So this was a very important experience for me in the anarchist milieu and to know how you you can be so different and and share some of the same ideas maybe, or some of the same practice. Uh, and, and, the other, uh, and the other experience I had here in the US was when I first came here in 2015 and I went to a book fair here in the Bay Area. And I was at first super excited because I thought, yay, I'm going to meet a lot of anarchists from the US and we can share and we can exchange information and everything. And what I saw was a lot of people that look very depressed, very young, and they, they were, I would tell them, like very excited because I'm a very excited, excited person. And I would say, oh, I came from Brazil. Uh, I have some material. Let's talk. Let's exchange. And nobody was sound, seemed interested. Like, they don't care. They were too busy with their things. They were not interested in knowing other people. That's what I got from it. And then I went, uh, when I was leaving, I met some of the older guys there. One of them uh was Jason, uh, or the, or the other one was Paul. There was some people there, and they were the people who were laughing and they were willing to talk and willing to exchange. So I didn't get it from the younger folks that I think should be yeah. more exciting. Like, yeah, like it's everything is new, especially when you're younger. There is a whole lot of worlds for you to find out, and you're not interested. So this and and like they are i would say in brazil like some me and my friends would call like these people old and the other people would be younger because it's a matter of how you how you relate to the world so when you're open to things i think you're being younger than the people who are already have their mind close to to other things that can happen and i see it here in the u.s and i also see it happening in brazil and i don't know it's very uh, i forgot the word but it's it's a it's an awful feeling indeed well thank you very much for your call lily okay thank you yeah your stories are very nice yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. So perhaps the youth are not the answer to our problem. <laughs> um, well, it, I, the part of her story that rings consistent for me is that um, I find the young people that I 
interact with generally, um, and let's say anywhere for anywhere from 15 to 25, um, to be not particularly curious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or inquisitive. Yeah. Or. I mean, perhaps the 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 people who created the genre or the or the atmosphere that we have in now are partially to blame for making it too easy. Yeah, maybe. Uh, here's a nice response um, from the Anon that I sort of accused of being, and that we talked about as being um, sort of trolly. They um, they followed up by saying, "My point was more that if Aragorn had been more willing to process with peers in private, he might not be dealing with this shit in public." And um, that's a nice uh, yeah. comment, but um, uh, not that I'm two arms. Which is sort of an, an inside joke, but um, uh, but in fact, uh, the purpose of me going to events like the Green Scare Anarchist Book Fair alone, and then to share about it afterwards, is to share about it in public. In other words, I think that that I am not necessarily the important part of these stories. The important part of these stories is that they are, in fact, happening, and right. and that there is a public uh, make a public reflection here that's really important to have. In other words, like, right. like, um, you know, I did everything in my power to confront the the issue that I could confront, which was basically physical violence, and I was very much prepared for people to come to me at the event uh, and sort of threaten or or be engage, yeah, you know, be aggressive. And, but I was not necessarily ready for what we'll call Dennis Feminist type antics, mm-hmm. which is in fact, you know, what I do categorize what happened as being. Sure. Uh, and, and for people who think uh, that I took these events uh, particularly seriously, other than from the perspective of self-defense, I did not take them seriously at all because they were not serious. Whereas physical violence for me does uh, yeah. mean something more serious. And, and, you know, we, we haven't really had that conversation yet. But but the point being that that I I appreciate that the both the trolley initial question and then the follow up I think that that's all really interesting. The thing that's swirling around in my head right now is that in the conversations that have happened over the last week, multiple people have referred to um, events at that book fair as a prank. Yeah. Um. So I'm thinking about prank. And I'm thinking about um, the stealing of the Atossas and what Lily said about anarchists shouldn't be stealing from other anarchists. Um, And I remember, um, for as long as I can remember, I should say, tablers have talked about their things being stolen at anarchist book fairs. Um, I had a conversation with someone from AK Press about it 25 years ago, the number of things that they would have stolen off of their tables, especially at the at, at the time, it was one of the largest book fairs in North America, the San Francisco Anarchist Book Fair. Um, and I'm not, part of me rankles immediately at that idea, but part of me also, like if you are figuring out what it means to resist, to rebel, and um on that path, part of it is an, finding an environment where you can feel like you can both make a statement and be safe. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm entirely against uh, people stealing books off of tables. Um, and I like people figuring out what their what their stick is and what their stand is and and their own what their own acts of resistance are, be they big or small. And, um, you know, there's, there's something that, you know, if, if part of that is that you're going to steal a stack of a tosses, you know, there's a part of me that wants to say good for you. Sure. Um, and so it's not as, I'm, I'm definitely not as, you know, clear-cut moralistic about what's wrong you know that this is wrong or what's appropriate uh and in terms of 
pranks. Um, I like humor. I think pranks and practical jokes are good. In my experience, they're usually between people who have relationships yeah. and, and, and share something already um, when they're done uh, an, anonymously. Because part of the point is that afterwards you all get to laugh about it. And the people who did it are like, hey, look at this thing we did to you. Isn't this really funny? Um, but so when it's done anonymously, it. It's not it, a it, prank. It's, it's something it's, else. It's, I think it's not a prank. Yeah. I even actually before the show looked up the actual definition of a prank because I assumed that um, uh, being friends or having a relationship would be implied in the uh Definition and it's not, but but definitely like claiming your work is. Sure. Um. So. Yeah, I don't know. I I I like words, so I'm thinking about the word and what it means, and 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 I don't want to be. I want to be flexible in thinking about this and and not draw a hard line. In this particular instance, you know, LBC was the. Uh, victim of the prank, uh, but I don't actually think that that's really the point. Uh, and so, yeah, just trying to find vectors to make it a more interesting conversation, I suppose. We all are a call-in show. Our telephone number is 646-787-8464. You can also email us at team at anarchybang.com. Um, you know, again, I don't want to talk about the... Um, uh, the events of last week sort of yet, because I really think that there's uh, that what's missing in the conversation that I've seen online are the politics of this. And I think that that's um, worth reflecting on the fact that, that perhaps this was just a childish prank that, you know, was entirely at my expense. Um, but perhaps it was something else too. And I, I sort of want to articulate what that something else is. Uh, it is worth mentioning, uh, or sorry, we did just get in um, a person emailing us, and they say, it's different to steal books because you want to read them and stealing to destroy them. Stealing is an important part of being an anarchist, but dot, dot, dot. Uh, I think, though, the only problem with that email is that, uh, again, in an anonymous comment, Someone claimed that the people that stole the books and the people that burned the books were totally different people, totally didn't have any communication between them, and therefore can, can be not held responsible for the burning <laughs> of the books because they just tossed them in the dumpster gently on top of a pile of trash, and it was an absolutely independent group of people that, that did the burning. Uh, yeah, I have a. I feel like there's other venues where we've talked about this. I have a visceral reaction to the burning of books. Um, uh, this is, yeah, so I'm not. I'm not really sure what to say there because I mean, all of my everything that I'm gonna say is all gonna nod in the direction of. No, I actually want to go back though to your original point, which okay. is that. To do a quote-unquote prank mm -hmm. that is anonymous mm -hmm. and to not take like to not take named responsibility for mm -hmm. it is not a prank. Okay, it's something else entirely. I think so too. Um, and and you know again like what is the ethic? How is it that we behave with one another? I think that's a, that's a central question. If anarchists cannot be trusted to not hurt each other. Like, you know, the entire reason this happened is because at the end, like, like book fair happened, shut down for the night. All of the tablers just, you know, put a cloth over their books. Right. Or like, I can essentially no longer do that at an anarchist event because that was the time period in which the, the books were stolen. Sure. That's not funny. Right. There's that. Oh, I mean, it could be argued that, that that that's actually violating a fundamental trust. Right. We can all leave our stuff here because 
we trust each other. Right, because we all trust each other. Yeah. And, you know, so, so I mean, I, I feel not just sad, but disappointed that I can no longer assume trust at an anarchist event. And, and frankly, as far as I'm concerned, all of the argumentation after the fact is utter bullshit because these were not, these were not material uh, manifestations of ITS or ITS ideology. It's literally a journal of people writing about ITS. So we have many things that write about insurrection without themselves being histories of or in sure. fact material manifestations of mm-hmm. insurrection. Mm-hmm. If those were destroyed, or even right? If those were destroyed, many people would be upset because something that they valued. Mm-hmm. That, but nobody values ITS in that way. We are right. essentially like we're a uh, a DIY group of people interested in the ideas. And in fact, almost none of the uh, assertions of, of why this, this happened in the first place mentioned anything about the ideas because the people who burned the book only burned the book as a symbol of bad, right. not because they had any re- sure. real recognition or comprehension of what was in them. Again, not that I want to talk about the book fair last weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was trying to pull it out, Aragorn, <laughs> not, not drill down. Um, <coughs> no, it's not, it's not fair. I'm gonna let you choke on air there. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to say. Um, if the, I mean, I guess I want to say if the conversation is about pranks, then there should be more. Sure. We don't. I don't think that we laugh enough. I don't think that there are enough moments of lightheartedness and joy in yeah. in our spaces. Um, Again, pranks assumes a level of intimacy that did, did not right. exist and um, that mostly does not exist. Right. But why don't we return to the conversation of uh, age? Um, I mean, we have always loved old people, frankly. It's true. I we mean, you we know, always we, have. When we talk about our inspirations, mm-hmm. you know, it's usually people we've met, mm-hmm. and it's usually people who are older than us. That's true. Why has that changed, do you think? Do you think because they don't know how to click a mouse? We laugh and we laugh. Wait, do you mean we as in you and I as yeah. individuals? Yeah. Well, I don't think it has changed. I think part of the problem is that there's, you know, we have over the years been very close to many people who were actually old and many of those people are gone. Yeah. So there are fewer old people in our lives. Um, and... Uh, Yeah, it's it's like it's harder. It gets harder to replace them. Like maybe sure, as they. Sure. I mean, obviously, the big old person we talk about all the time is Audrey. It's Audrey, right? How in the hell we're going right. to replace There's no replacement Audrey. for her. Yeah. Um. And Audrey was interesting about growing old. Her partner, um, was adamant that Audrey and he were, you know, some of the last of the people of their generation that had like stayed true to the cause and were, and were for real and, um, you know, held the anarchist flag high. And Audrey laughed at him and said, I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) I, I own a house and pay my taxes and, Drive the speed limit, and, and he was a goddamn anarcho-syndicalist. <laughs> yes, he was. And um, you know, I'm just, I'm just an eighty-something-year-old woman in the world trying to live out the rest of my life around interesting people with interesting sure. ideas. Sure. Um, so it was like there was a way that at some point in her life she had kind of passed the mantle of anarchist. Mm-hmm. Well, it was definitely how she identified. She didn't feel like she was, you know. I think that she drew that line where she stopped doing projects that could be described as anarchist projects. I, I assume that that's absolutely the case. Which means, oh. that she, which means that in the 60s, 
is more or less when she left. Probably. When, yeah. When so, she so did so Walden School. Yeah. Well, I think there were some other projects, but definitely probably by the 70s for sure. Um, and yeah, and in there, you know, in the 60s, she had children. And right. she. I don't think she considered that to be a not anarchist moment. Um, a little bit. She originally had wanted to have be a, a non-nuclear group family and raise children together, and not, all of the people Jewish. that she, yeah, all the people she endeavored into that project with eventually peeled off and became their own couple. Um, so uh, she was very much disappointed in that. Yeah. Um, and she was also a pacifist, and there became less and less space for that. And I think that the pacifist movement kind of moved into the no-nukes movement in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, anyone who, who spent time with her did not judge her pacifism. No, not at all. I mean, she threatened to punch me in the nose at least a dozen times. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I, I think she didn't, she didn't quite see the manifestation of that cause in the world around her, um, at least not amongst anarchists. Uh, so anyway, it was just interesting to, to know someone who still identified as an anarchist that was, you know, of the age of ages. She was uh, nearly 90 when she died. Uh, she was over 90. Um, and uh, she had, I mean, the thing that we touched on earlier, she had ceded the ground to, yeah, to younger right. anarchists. That's right. the, that, the, that the subculture, that the space, that the fight, it, that it did belong to them. Uh, and that was okay. Hmm. Um, and to not be isolated, she came to the anarchist reading group to be around other anarchists. She went to book fairs and other anarchist events. Um, uh, even somewhere in her 80s, she and I went to a uh, long weekend anarchist conference together um, so she could go sit in the rooms and see what people were talking about. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just reflections upon, different ways to reflect upon the point. Um, Can you imagine doing the same thing? Which part of it? All of it? Any of it? Giving up the fight and saying that it's the young people and... Well, my, I mean, there's a way that I already have because so much of the fight happens on the internet, and I am not involved. Cool. And you're not in going to fight there. I, I, I just, I both won't and can't fight there. Uh, our phone number, if you'd like to call in, ask a question, or interrogate uh, our conversation, six four six seven eight seven eight four six four. You, of course, can email us at team at anarchybang.com. I think we are going to stop in 10 minutes okay. if we don't get meaningful response, although Lily could just call in and we can talk to her <laughs> in it for an hour. Um, I also uh, I think I'm there are other voices um, that I think are really an, a, an important part of the anarchist fight. Mm. Um, that's not my voice. And so. Um, but it is worth saying that, that, you know, if Audrey found us because of the reading group. That's true. And because the reading group was three blocks from her house. That's also true. If the, if the anarchist movement, quote unquote, mm -hmm. has moved to the internet, mm -hmm. perhaps people who would rather do their anarchism outside of the internet are being left behind are, you know, and, and should accept that, that, that the anarchist movement has, has, has gone to the internet. That's where the fight is. Well, I, I'm not actually sure it matters whether or not you accept it. I, I think that it has and that it, that it, that it, I mean, in lots of meaningful ways, which are not meaningful to me, I think that that's true, which is why our anarchist world, feels so small so often um and you know we have we we have someone in our midst who is actually young and you know totally a millennial and um is frustrated we actually we have two of them um i think one of them might even be younger than a than a millennial and he's frustrated at how hard it is to find anarchists in the world doing things and being together um and one of them is a techie for God's sake, he's a coder. Um, so he absolutely has his fingers on the pulse of the internet, but that's not what he wants. And 
And that doesn't seem to matter if that's not what he wants. Uh, so um, I'm okay with letting the people who find what they're looking for in that world be in that world. And um, I mean, I guess if the option is typing on your little keyboard with your friends or getting your tent pepper sprayed, <laughs> the choice is obvious. The choice is obvious. <laughs> Uh, oh, it says that our yeah. audio is out again. I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, let me double check. Am I registering? Can people hear me? Hmm. No, I did not know this. Hello? One second, we're... Uh... Oh, okay. Maybe I was just too far away from the... Uh... Was the IRC saying whether or not they can hear us? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So here's a, a new email. Aging. I was talking with someone about her experience working with anarchists in the days of the anti-globalization summit protests. Though she was very sympathetic to the cause, she said, there are two reasons I could never be an anarchist. One... I have a job. Two, I bathe. I couldn't believe someone would reduce the definition of anarchist to unemployed and unwashed, but I understood how it could happen. It made sense. That was the moment I knew the anarchist moment was over. I don't have anything to say to that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't have anything to say to that. No. Mm. Um, no Thank there, you. There's another troll on um, uh, that says <clears throat> this <laughs> is this, which I assume they mean this podcast, is a cl- is clearly a rejection to the events of last weekend. Why pretend otherwise? Um, I reject the events of last weekend. I was the victim of the events of last weekend. How would I possibly not reject them? I, it's, it's a preposterous. Well, clearly they don't mean pretending like they don't. It didn't happen. So there's there's some other assumption that they believe that we're rejecting. How do you not think past behavior leads to current reactions to that past behavior? That's a tortured sentence. Okay. Is that it? is there more? No, that's it. Oh no, that's it. Okay. Um. So this person is saying that the events of the weekend were consequences for. For past behavior that that was wrong, that was unacceptable, that uh, rules were broken, that something was violated or or something. Which, which if you listen to all the anons, you would say that it was publishing a TASA. Right. That that basically publishing a TASA, just like uh, the 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 swallows the Capistrano, (laughs) like like lemmings off of a cliff. (laughs) Nothing could stop anything from happening. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I'm so, like, we have so talked the Atasa thing into the ground. The proclamations have been made. The lines have been drawn. We've, you know, very clearly talked about this, just about being a discussion idea. I, ideas we have both criticized and rejected Atasa, uh, I mean, ITS and their position multiple times in multiple mediums. I just, like, I, I'm, and I... But we've done uh, it, but we've done it to the extent to which it was possible to do it. The Meaning that I don't actually know what most of those people believe. I've never met them in person. I don't know who, they could be sitting right next to me and I wouldn't know. Who, ITS? Yes. Mm. You know my ITS theory, but but meaning that the point is is that like the people who are acting so authoritatively know something that I don't know. 
Well, that's one way to look at it. Yep. So. Okay, we're at about an hour. Um, there is some pickup here in the IRC. Um, I'll at least read some of it and see if it's worth responding to. Otherwise, I think that we can start to talk about winding down. Okay. The aim of the anarchist book fairs is to build an anarchist movement culture, putting the poor aside, the people who do such pranks or have fights with them are undermining what we're supposedly up to. Most... Um, Most, uh, most metal holders are already doing it as a labor of love. I guess table holders oh. um, are always already doing it as a labor of love, and more often they're operating at a loss. Um, someone says, "I hate it when people say that the Atasa thing." It's been talked about into the ground. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> um, the person who uh, was talking about reactions says that it's not about a tasa, which okay. is confusing. Um, but I think that they probably are going to make an argument that um, I've been so fucked up for so long that Okay. Tatas is just the latest example of how fucked up I am. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I I feel a little uncomfortable giving up when people, I guess, are finally winding up to have a conversation. But um, uh, but this also doesn't feel like a ton of fun because you know the reason that I'm talking about the book for from last weekend is because of course it is still on my mind and it, it is something that's sort of like generally worth talking about but i i'm trying to trying to pull bigger lessons out of the book fair and right. i don't and i don't think that that my that the fact that like you know we're talking about it is necessarily the bigger lesson um other than the fact that we're sort of part of the same sensational culture that we were raised in right you know i think that the, that the talking about aging sort of at least allows us to extract something specific and meaningful out of the out of the events sure not just of last weekend but in general sure and a lot of a lot of us, of course, to talk about Audrey and other old people in our life, um, and also to reassess sort of like, you know, our own generation's role, right? You know, as Gen Xers, uh, the forgotten anarchists. Speak for yourself, old man. Um, <laughs> you, in fact, are a Gen Xer too. I'm actually not. I fall on the on the wrong no, side of some line. No, I have. I, 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 I looked up. Yeah, you're wrong. Okay. I think that if I looked you were this up born, years ago. If you were bef- if you were born. Before 1980, you're a Gen Xer. Oh, maybe then maybe it moved. Maybe no. it, maybe it changed because I looked it up a long time ago and I missed like it was like I missed it by a year or something. Yeah, I think it was like 65 to 80. Oh, okay, all right. All but right. anyways, um, so uh, just some other comments that I'm reading from the IRC. Uh, someone asks, why is movement building a value we should hold? Uh, which is a fair point. Um, you know, this, is, of course, is, an, is a way to turn this into a conversation about individualism versus any version of collectivism. Sure. Or is there such a thing as an anarchist collective identity? Because, of course, if you're going to accept not just an in- individualist argument or, or a Sterner argument, then, in fact, you're not part of the anarchist conversation at all. And so I think that I use the word movement m- more or less as sort of like a placeholder for the thing that anarchists do. Um, but, you know, in fact, movement has other connotations that, of course, I don't necessarily accept. I think that that's a good question. Um, as someone who does writing, I'm glad to have my copies of ATASA, um, com- ITS Communicates, for citations, assuming my access to the material with- remains. The constant controversy is interesting in situating the material in what written words can do to people. I think that's great, but, you know, really the biggest platform for Atasa or for ITS material is not me. It's not, no. not LBC. It's the fucking internet. Yeah. Um, but much harder to, to fight the internet or to sure. steal their books. <laughs> um, uh 
Yeah. No, that's nice. Someone, the person who, there's a person who's grappling with Atasa and what Atasa means, and, and they're actually uh, saying that Atasa is not anything new under the sun, which I absolutely agree totally with. Totally not. And and they say that they are pacifist, which is nice to hear someone, yeah. someone have that sort of... Um, I mean, that was always what was interesting about Atasa to me. I never thought that um, the point for, for me of Atasa was never about ITS. The point about Atasa was I don't think anarchists are good at having conversations about our goals and our desires and, that, and the relationship between those and violence. And here were people who were presenting an answer to that question. I, I don't think it was an appropriate answer, but for them it was an answer. Uh, and so I felt like that kind of opened the door to have a conversation that anarchists in North America don't ever have. Um, and I'm not a pacifist, uh, but I'm definitely not interested in the, uh, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's just nice to see people yeah. thinking about it and talking about it. Yeah, you know, of course, the good and the bad of doing this podcast in the way that we are um, is that, uh, you know, of course, we have found an audience of people who agree with us. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) This is what the Internet does. Yeah, I mean, you know, this, of course, brings me back to a sort of disappointment about this project in general. It feels like the audience has been shrinking and, um, yeah, and that, that. Uh, forces me to confront some. Okay, so I'm going to go. Uh, I think that we're we're done here. We've done a little over an hour. Thank you very much for listening in. Um, I'm not sure what, we'll, what we're going to do next week. I'm going to spend most of the week driving across the country uh, thinking about that very question. Um, maybe we'll do sex. It does seem that there was a little, little bit of interest in that. Um, yeah, maybe... Maybe we'll more directly confront the consequences of the book fair, or maybe we will not. No, I don't think that's necessary. Yeah. So. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day, all.